just before Gareth Jones on speed, time for a quick news flash. The FIA has just published the new Formula One sporting regulations, revealing that groove tyres will be withdrawn for the 2008 season. Now, a leaked document suggests that the 2009 rules are likely to increase an F1 car's reliance on aerodynamic downforce, rather than mechanical grip, still further, by withdrawing the use of tyres altogether. However, Max Mosley's plans to fix front wings at two metres below sea level and to introduce football's offside rule to Formula One are yet to be ratified by the F1 technical working group of a wasp and three monkeys. With the new F1 season underway and the A1 Grand Prix season drawing to a close, there's plenty to talk about in today's edition of Gareth Jones on Speed. As well as that, we meet Britain's first female Formula One racer, Davina Galitza. This car is wonderful. I mean, apart from being historic, it's just, it looks after you, it helps you, it keeps you alive. It, it's an incredible car. And also some words of wisdom from the current first lady of F1 and A1, Anne Bradshaw. When Juan Pablo Montoya calls you grandma, you know you've made it. But first, stuffing used hankies into the glove compartment of life, Sniff Petrol has shown the news this week and instead turned to advertising. Coming soon on the Spectrum Obsolete. No need for speed! Featuring over 2,000 completely unstimulating cars. All the road rules. All the speed limits. All the traffic. With realistic Vauxhall Vectra vectoring and Sanyong Rexton texturing. For utterly normal driving, choose between cars like the Nissan Sentra. Frugal. The Hyundai Sonata. Spacious. Or the Volkswagen Jetta. Beige. Featuring realistic free insurance offers and 5-bit vector mapping chronic depreciation. The Clive Sinclair fan club said, I've never never seen seen so many Kias and I I didn't want want to. No need for speed. Drive the minicabs of tomorrow, today. From the makers of Grand Sensible Auto. Sniff Petrol. Gareth Jones on Speed. You're listening to Gareth Jones on Speed with me, Gareth Jones. And me, Zog. Do you think they'll notice? Yes, <laughs> Violet Berlin, I think they will notice. Avid listeners will recognise the voice of Violet Berlin. Yes, I'm standing in for Zog today, because as we speak, he's speeding down a snowy mountain at full pelt. <laughs> Something like that, yes. Yeah, no Zog, instead Violet's with us. So, um, now then, um, rather than talking about Zog speeding down the mountain, let's talk about some cars speeding around. And F1 has got up to speed recently, hasn't it? Well, it's certainly changed direction with the qualifying. I appreciate what they've done uh, to make it more exciting. 
But this whole having to top up the fuel again for the top 10 cars in the knockout is, is a bit, um, well, it's not immediately obvious. And I think qualifying should be immediately obvious. You know, who's the quickest? Yeah, I mean, more exciting, more complex, more like, really, isn't it? Well, they say that F1 is a game of chess and mm. it's not immediately obvious uh, why it's exciting. And that's why it's interesting. It's intellectually appealing. So maybe it does sort of... Fit the fit the bill perfectly. Mm, not to us, though. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> not to us. We're not sure about it, are we? I'm not clever <laughs> enough, and if I can't follow it with a, with a brain the size of whales, I mean, you know, how how are you know people from Bournemouth going to cope? Yeah. Maybe it's just your age, Gareth. You know, there's a change of rules. You know, it's just a bit tricky. Yes, you're telling me Graham Hill's not driving for Lotus <laughs> anymore. I can't keep up. Well, if the qualifiers got a bit more baffling, the, uh, the the level of competition between BMW Sauber and uh, Williams with the Cosworth has got a bit more interesting, hasn't it? Yes. I, 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 this is one of my favourite things about Formula One, sort of the backstory, the political backstory, if you like, the soap opera that's going on. And of course, BMW left Williams last year very acrimoniously, and Williams were left to pick up the pieces by going to lovely old Cosworth. And so you can just sense that more than anyone, Williams want to beat BMW this year. Probably want to beat them more than they want to win the championship, you know. Uh, you know, if, if they're thrashed by all the other teams, but a one place ahead of BMW, I think Williams would be happy. But at the moment, it's a bit of a draw because at the last race, one Cosworth engine went bang and one BMW engine went bang. So it's kind of one all, but I'm watching this one very carefully. Or a stalemate. A stalemate, yeah, yeah. Well, one of those guys whose engines went bang was Nico Rosberg, of course, and he's made a bit of an impact. Yeah, I mean, it's a very large face. <laughs> it's the first thing you notice about Nico Rosberg. Is it very wide face, wider yeah, than yeah, David okay. Coulthard? Okay, who would play um, Nico in in a movie? What actor would play him in a movie of himself? Oh, I don't know about an actor, but I think big you, faced actor. Come well, on, well, big face. You big, could just that use... guy in the beach. The guy in the beach. Oh, Leon, um, uh, Leonardo, DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. He's got quite a big face. <laughs> Actually, I think you just probably put a satellite dish in there. And people, Is that Nico Rosberg? Oh, no, no, it's a satellite dish. But he's done well, hasn't he? Despite his big face. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's an aerodynamic disadvantage, <laughs> clearly. But it hasn't stopped Coulthard over the years, has it? The big F1 news that has got me a bit sad and a bit excited this week is about the new Japanese circuit. Ah, well, the, the old new Japanese circuit, as it, as it mm, were. Mm. They've rebuilt it. Herman Tilke, who's designed a, a majority of the new F1 circuits around at the moment, Malaysia to name but one, um, he's had a go at uh, Fuji circuit and has renovated it. So it's nice to have Fuji circuit back because it was that circuit which was the one that really turned me on to Formula One because... James Hunt won his championship there in 1976. Ah. And it's one of the first races I remember watching. Ah, so Fuji's to blame, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I will be really sad to see Suzuka go. I mean, it was the last race in the calendar for a long time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only recently it's it sort of become the sort of penultimate race. And, uh, you know, so, so many championships have been decided there. And, uh, I, oh, you know, I've got a soft spot for Japan. And uh, we went there the, uh, a few years ago. Yeah, know. we covered the last race in the yeah, 98 right. season for yeah. BBC Radio Wales together yeah. on the radio there. Yeah, and I must have gone on that big wheel about 10 times. It is sad, isn't it? Well, it's not going to vanish altogether because there's going to be two races in Japan. And the Suzuka race will become the Pacific Grand Prix. 
like Aida used to have the Pacific Grand Prix previously, and the uh, Japanese Grand Prix will will move to to Fuji. I'm slightly sad about that because I was hoping that Suzuka would lose an F1 race altogether, and we an A1 Grand Prix could nick it. Nice. Well, it could still happen, couldn't it? Maybe, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I mean there are um, F1 circuits which also host. A1 races, so it would be nice if A1 went to Japan for a race at Suzuka. I mean, it's just conjecture on my mm, part, yeah. but I would really love it. Cause I mean, like, no one knows the A1 calendar yet, I don't suppose. Uh, well, it's been announced mm. that the last race for A1 will be at Brands Hatch next year. And as far as I know, that's contrary to the contracted agreement with China, so that they will host the last race in the championship for the next three years. So we'll see how that one evolves. Now, talking of A1, at the uh, at the Mexico A1 race, you were wandering around the paddock and you met someone you completely didn't expect to meet, right? Not, not at all. No, I was, I was um, one of the support races at A1 in Mexico was a classic Formula One car race. And there were some wonderful old cars there. Tom Price's Shadow, that's the nearest thing you get to a Welsh F1 car. There were old McLarens, there were Penske's, there were Arrows, there were Shadows. But most of all, there was a beautiful black Lotus 79. Mm. And I was wandering past and I had my recording equipment with me. I thought, you know, I really should interview someone about what it's like to own that car and drive it these days. And I realised sitting in the car, having the pedals adjusted and the seat adjusted, was Britain's first ever Formula One female driver Davina Galitza now she was a big pinup for me when I was a kid she was a um, a downhill skier who was given a chance to ride, drive in a celebrity car race and eventually proved so good that she had a, a few F1 drives in the in the late 70s 76 77 78 with the Surtees team and the Hesketh team but you know she's kind of vanished off the radar to all but very serious motorsport fans um I happen to know that she's been living in America and training some young women to drive out there. Some, like Danica Patrick, you may have heard of. So I thought it would be a good idea to ask Divina, or Divi as she likes to be called, mm-hmm. um, how it came about that she's driving a Lotus 79 in Mexico. It's a long story. Have you got time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the time in the world for you. Okay. I've been living in America for 11 years, and just a couple of years ago, I met an old friend of mine, Hamish Somerville, who I used to know because he's married to Helen, who I used to ski race with in the team. Okay. Hamish has a wonderful collection of vintage cars, and he said to me, would I like to come to Montremblant and drive one of his cars and meet, see Helen after 30 years? So I went up, drove his cars, and cut a long story short, I started driving... He'd invite me about four times a year, and I'd go and race his vintage cars. During that time, I met a gentleman by the name of Joel Finn, who's extremely well-known because he's not only a wonderful author, but he's a wonderful historic racer and has been for many, many years. And he saw me race in a Formula 2 car up at Montremblant. And after the race, you know, I was wandering around the paddock, and Duncan Dayton has a beautiful a Lotus Formula One car. It's actually Mario's winning car. It's a 79. It's the one you're sitting in? Uh, no, oh, you're talking about another one. Another one. There are actually five in existence, but uh, this was a chassis 04, which was Mario's car. And I was, I've always wanted to drive that car because, if you remember, I tried to qualify the Hesketh against that car. So 
you know, I I always admired that car, admired Marion it, and I just longed to drive the car. And I'm standing looking at Duncan's 79, Lotus 79, and what happens? But Joel says to me, I've got one at home. Would you like to drive it? Well, I said, well, of course, you know. And, and I thought he was joking. And a week later, he rang me and he said, I want you to come and see the Lotus. So what's it like to drive? It must be very satisfying. Well, I can't even believe that I tried to qualify the Hesketh against it. It's a joke. This car is wonderful. I mean, apart from being historic, it's just, it looks after you. It helps you. It keeps you alive. It, it's an incredible car. They, they sort of wanted me to race it at Watkins Glen because I have to give you the other bit of the story now. When the Hesketh team collapsed after Monaco in 1978, my sponsors, Olympus Cameras, came on the side of this car. And when Ronnie Peterson was killed in Monza, I actually rang Colin Chapman and asked whether I could drive at Watkins Glen. He never said, you idiot, you think I'm going to put a bloody woman in the car. He didn't. He said, no, I hope everything works out for you, but we've engaged Jerry. And so... I am driving the car I asked Colin to drive 28 years ago. Things always work out in the end, don't they? And now I'm 61. (laughs) Now listen, you must have encountered the old sexist problem that seems to exist in motorsport over and over again, and yet you've proved your worth with your skills. And there are now a young group or young bunch of women drivers doing the same again. Have you had contact with Catherine Legg and Susie Stoddart, the young lady drivers making their mark? I've definitely met Catherine. I know Danica. Um, I don't know Susie, but I've watched her race. They, they are better drivers than I was, trust me. They learned age eight in go-karts while I was skiing, you know, and they're super. And, and you know, if I help them in any way by forcing my way in there I'm glad I helped them because it's always going to be hard for a woman in motorsport it's a man's sport and the men have egos much bigger egos than women and they hate being beaten by women but the good guys know that it is possible now for a woman to do well and I, I hope well I've seen Danica nearly win Indy and I've watched Catherine win Atlantic races, which a few years ago nobody thought could happen. And so now at last, women drivers are getting better machinery and being taken more seriously, and that's wonderful. Davina. I'm, Divi, call me Divi. <laughs> Divi, I, I'm thrilled to bits to meet you, but if my partner on the radio show, a chap called Zog, were here, he would insist that I either got a kiss from you or got a message for him from you, because I think you've been his pinup for a very long time oh, really? any women who drives a fast car particularly a Formula 1 car is a hero so if you would do, do me the honour of, of, of a message to Zog this might just knock your socks off Zog this is Divi if you were here I'd give you a kiss but instead I'm going to give your buddy a kiss <laughs> Divina lovely to meet you thank you very much for finding time to talk to Gareth Jones on speed thanks bye for now Typical. Zog isn't even here to receive that kiss from <laughs> Davina Galitza, and he was a, she was an even bigger pinup for him than she was for me. Now I noticed she mentioned Catherine Legg there. Yes. Uh, now didn't you meet 
Catherine uh, a yeah. K1 Grand Prix yeah. race uh, recently as well. She she was testing, was she, for that's right. the British team? Exactly, yeah. In Dubai, mm. in the United Arab Emirates, just at the end of last year, uh, they gave her a, a drive in the Team GBR A1 car. And uh, she was pretty good, actually. She was mm. pretty darn good because it's been proven over and over again that it's very hard to get into those cars and drive them competitively when you first get in. You know, they can be a bit of a handful. But um, what were all the driver aids switched off? And yeah, all well, that they, kind of stuff? they just don't have driver aids mm. exactly. Yeah, it's it's good old fashioned mm. driving. Uh, but um, I was impressed at how Catherine conducted herself within the A1 GP team. And uh, also, um, how knowledgeable she was. I mean, I had a long chat with her afterwards while we were watching one of the other sessions together. And, uh, gosh, she she does know her motorsport. And she knows her motor engineering, which I was very impressed with, uh, which will stand her in good stead as she's driving in Champ Car this year. And I always like to have a British driver in Champ Car that I can support. And I'm thrilled that it's Catherine Legg, because not only is she very cool, but she used to watch me on TV when she was a kid in tell me which makes her even cooler <laughs> as well as being the only female driver in a champ car she'd probably be the thinnest driver in champ car wouldn't you say the thinnest <laughs> yes that's true they do <laughs> they tend do to make like them to a bit eat. portly over there don't they <laughs> yes 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 i think one of the reasons that uh, paul tracy wasn't chosen to drive in an a1 gp car there was no way they could fit uh-huh. his enormous bum in i believe <laughs> <laughs> that is not funny that's just cruel <laughs> But talking of women racers, uh, this entire programme today is very much dedicated to uh, women who drive fast cars. I noticed in the news this week, in Bild, German newspaper, that Cora Schumacher... Ralph's uh, wife. Yes, Ralph's wife has become a racer. Another member of the Schumacher dynasty to take (laughs) to the circuit. Now, she has done some driving. She was in the Mini Challenge before, but now she's in the Seat Cupra Challenge, supporting uh, the DTM in Germany. So I, I have to admit, I, I, I was a little surprised to, to read that Cora got a drive. But then I heard that incredible announcement that uh, McLaren, of all people, have signed another member of the Schumacher family. No. Yeah, You know the way that they invest in drivers in the future, mm-hmm. like little Lewis Hamilton, who's mm-hmm. going to be a big McLaren driver? Well, incredibly, McLaren, so it's alleged, have uh, signed Mick Schumacher. You know who Mick is? Michael's son, isn't it? Yeah, Michael and Corinna's son. Yeah. He's, he's very young. Oh, he's, he's, you know, he's less than 10 years old, but they, they've signed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been very pleased to be following my papa footsteps. The family Schumacher will race for a thousand years. Yeah, it's good. Gareth Jones on speed. <laughs> Coming soon for Xbox 360. The World Rally Championship Driver 06 contains over 2,000 actual genuine rally courses realistically modeled with 5-point texture mapping trilinear polygons per second and over two cars modeled on this year's frankly disappointing turnout. Choose from the Subaru and the other Subaru and possibly some kind of Citron. Warning, actual game may contain no Citron. World Rally Championship Driver 06 
It's like walking the course. And frankly, you might have to. You're listening to Gareth Jones on Speed, a more feminine edition of the monthly podcast, with me, Violet Berlin. Yeah, and I'm here as well. Um, Now, talking about ladies in motorsport, there's one lady who is, in my books, as famous as just about any motor racing driver. And as far as I know, she doesn't race cars. In fact, I've never actually seen her drive. But she's there. If, if you followed motorsport over the last few years, every world champion between, I think, I don't know, uh, 92 and 96, perhaps, had this woman standing behind them. Her name is Anne Bradshaw. She is a queen of PR in Formula One, or was a queen of PR in Formula One, but currently runs the media centre for A1 Grand Prix. Uh, What this woman doesn't know about motorsport just ain't worth knowing. So I couldn't resist the opportunity to interview her recently. And I asked her, with all her wide experience of 30-odd years in motorsport, what's her favourite motorsport story and where did it take place? Suzuka, uh, when, when they actually built the place they they built a bar and this bar was called the log cabin because it was a log cabin and it was it was a very small place you could perhaps get 20 or 30 people inside but we managed to cram a whole Grand Prix paddock in there and we'd have great fun and I remember one year having a well in fact it was I think it was the um, first year there we, we were having fun in there and then time to go back to our rooms which were all round there but you couldn't walk because it was a long way so girl called Louise Tingstrom was the FI press officer we were sharing a room and she had a moped so we got on a moped we were about to head off back and then somebody came out and said, oh can you give me a lift so there wasn't room for a third person to sit so this person sort of stood on the on the little rack at the back and we whizzed around a corner and came across all the policemen who were trying to do their manoeuvres for the next day we scattered them headed off to I don't know block F what it was and uh, they, they gave chase and luckily we were quicker than them went in there on the moped, disappeared for our rooms, and the person on the back was Max Mosley. <laughs> You've been mixing it with the big guys. Oh, he wasn't such a big guy then, he was one of us. I, think, I, hope, I hope he still is, but yes, it, it was very funny. You're treated with enormous affection. I, I have to say, I was made up when I realised I was going to be working with you on this. And I think, generally, that is the feeling. And Bradshaw's here, you know, we'll be fine. Do you mother people? Do you, do you, do you feel that we need mothering? Do we need looking after? What, what, is, what is your role? I suppose it is now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm perhaps of the older generation, and I do feel that perhaps I have a, this sort of motherly... I'm this motherly figure, because, you know, when one Pablo Montoya calls you grandma, you know you've made it, but... Uh, um, <laughs> Motorsport generally is a very fleeting business. You know, people come and go, you know, you're a champion one minute, you're gone the next. You're a great constant in motorsport. Are you still in touch with a lot of the people you worked with 10, 15, 20, 26 years ago? If so, who? You know, every so often you, you come across people again. I mean, like Nigel Mansell, I've got, you know, his kids were in Bahrain, uh, which I did recently for BMW, so because they're coming into Formula BMW. Every so often, you know, I get a phone call and it'll be Damon on there something that he'd forgotten or he needs uh, and the nice thing is to say I'm, I'm now sort of working with the sons of, of fathers that I worked with it Graham Hill you know I, I, I knew when he was a superstar and uh, yeah I think it's just nice that I can see everything going around full circle and starting again and which is great because you know 
you don't want things to sort of get to an end. You know, you want to think that that you know that the, the whole thing continues. And I think that's the great thing in any in any business or any sport that um, people who are there have have a an affinity to what they're doing. And, and I feel I've got an affinity because I'm I'm sort of as you say I'm, I'm still there and I'm looking after sons, dads who I told off. Um, it's rude to ask a lady her age, but I know that you must be getting fairly close to retirement age at some point in the next 10 years. I'm being dignified here. Um, any plans to retire or are you just going to keep going? Have you set a date? No, unfortunately, I, every, every so often, you know, I, I think, well, you know, I'll have a quieter life. And then somebody makes me an offer I can't refuse and, you know, my friends say, but we thought you were going to give up running up and down a pit lane. I say, well, yeah, I was, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just pretending. So I can't, I can't really think of of retirement I mean I know I, I have seen quite a few journalists this last year I've known for a long time they've, they've retired and they all seem miserable at the thought of it so I, I don't want to be miserable I want to enjoy myself one final thought okay it's a se- separate issue altogether in your massive experience of PR you know what would be the most important thing for me as a humble little programme maker to make my little podcast appealing to everyone to make it successful what's the secret to good PR oh I think it's to make sure that whatever you do, people enjoy it. They don't just see it as, as corporate blurb. You, you, you have to keep a sense of perspective. And if, if you can keep a sense of humour about things, if you can actually keep doing something that makes people smile, and if you can keep them smiling, you, you're not lecturing to people. You're just giving them something that they, that they want. And if you can do that, then to me that's, that's being successful at what you do. We think Gareth Jones on Speed offers more mile, more smiles per mile in any, than, than any other motoring programme. Well, that's just what we need, yeah. I mean, I hate walking down pit lanes and seeing people looking miserable, and people say, why are you all smiling? I said, because it's very difficult to see somebody smiling and be miserable with them, and that's what Gareth Jones does, and we thank you very much. Oh, you can tell she works in PR, can't you? She says all the right things <laughs> all the time. I can't you tell were you. asking for it a bit, weren't I, you? I, I did you? set her up for that one, yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> she never fails to deliver, though. <laughs> and Bradshaw, I'm thrilled to be working with her, I really am. I have to say, one thing she said really resounded with me about how corporate mm-hmm. F1 has become. Mm. It puts a lot of people off now, doesn't it? Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons why Anne loves A1. It's a, a lot less precious than F1. But the lore of F1 has dragged Anne back. At the end of the A1 Grand Prix season, she's going back to F1. Uh, and she's as surprised at this as, as the rest What's of us are. What's she going back to do? She's going to do the PR for uh, Sauber BMW, or BMW Sauber, mm-hmm. I should say. So she'll be looking after little Nicky Heidfeld and uh, difficult Jacques Villeneuve, allegedly. Very clever political movist. you know why they've chosen Anne Bradshaw? Um, good line in old stories. Absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a clever move by BMW. Their biggest market outside of Germany mm-hmm. in Europe is Britain. Mm -hmm. And because um, they're now essentially a pure German-speaking team being based Mm -hmm. at Sauber's base at Hinwell Mm -hmm. and Munich. Do you know what Sauber means in German? I don't, actually. Clean. Clean? Yeah. (laughs) So he's Peter Clean. Yeah, must be. Hi, my name's Pete Clean. I smoke cigars and have a Formula One team. (laughs) Peter Sauber. (laughs) That's very interesting. But anyway, BMW Sauber have, have employed Anne 
to give their team a bit of a British spin, so not mm. to disassociate themselves from their second largest European market in Britain. Clever move, eh? Mm. Shrewd thinkers. Well, let's see if we start to sort of feel more love and warmth towards Salbo over the next uh, months, and then ah. we'll know if it's worked or not. And, 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 and consequently, does this mean that Williams are going to choose a German PR woman mm. to yeah. keep the battle going? <laughs> no, I would do the PR for Williams. <laughs> They'll be called Williams. Wilhelms. Gareth Jones on speed. Putting the speed into stop speed. Stick around because in uh, a few moments we're going to give away one of our fantastic and rare prizes. Something that I've managed to blag from A1GP. It's rather cool, genuinely exclusive, and if you want to win it, you can in a couple of minutes. But first, a message from our sponsors. Coming soon to Anakuoto Y-Zone Console 5 million near you, MG Rover, the computer game. A simulation so real, you'll grow a beard. Most video games challenge you to save the world. The challenge here is much harder. As part of the MG Rover management team, your task is to single-handedly halt the eventual decline of the British car industry. When the unscrupulous Chinese businessmen attack, you must welcome them with open arms and try to do a deal with them, like bloody idiots. Gamehead Power magazine said, So realistic it's like being there, in Birmingham. Official Y-Zone magazine said, If you like realistic simulations and bad business sense, you love this. Complete Mega Gamer magazine said, Please, God, make it stop. And in April 05 it did. But now you can relive the magic forever. MG Rover, the computer game. Made in China, soon. Okay, time for a Gareth Jones on speed exclusive competition with uh, an exclusive prize and some sort of exclusive um, question as well, right? Uh, <laughs> you haven't made it up yet, have you? Yeah, yeah. I have now. I hadn't, I hadn't when you said, but now I have. I've just made it my mind. The prize, do you want to tell them what the prize is? Is it that A1 Grand Prix Team Pakistan shirt and and baseball cap downstairs. It is, and I mean yeah. team shirt. It's not commercially available. This is the yeah. shirt that the team mm-hmm. wear. Uh, there's a picture of it on the website. Go to uh, www.garethjones.tv. Follow the link to Gareth Jones on Speed, and you'll see a picture of it and the very cool hat, which I think is one of the smartest hats in, in A1GP. I don't get it. Why what? are you giving it away? Why am I giving it away? Have you got one? Have you got another one? Or yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got three or four of them, yeah. <laughs> When you wouldn't give it away otherwise, no. it's lovely. Yeah. What's the competition? You know the stings that we have on the programme, V? You know. Um, Gareth Jones on speed, Gareth Jones on speed, Gareth Jones on speed. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, was Gareth Jones on speed! And there's no need to shout. That one. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking more like the, the statements that we have at the top of the show, stuff like Gareth Jones on speed, putting the speed into Scott speed and getting away with it, or... Gareth Jones on speed. It's not just a podcast, it's a sort of radio programme that you listen to when you want on your iPod. Have we got that one? No. Oh. 
But we have now, and I've recorded it. Yeah. If anybody out there listening to this podcast can come up with a good idea for a sting or a statement or a what do we call these a things? Slogan. A You're slogan. You're looking for a new slogan, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. So if you can come up with a new slogan for Gareth Jones on Speed, uh, stick it in an email and bang it off to us at on speed at garethjones.tv. And uh, we'll we'll give you uh, we'll give you a month or so before the next edition, mm-hmm. and then we'll announce the uh, the best entry. If you can come up with a cool slogan, uh, you can win yourself a cool hat and a very cool Team Pakistan shirt. <laughs> You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed, special ladies edition. Uh, I was Gareth Jones, and uh, next time I think I'll be Susie Quattro. Uh, I was Violet Berlin, and next time I definitely will be Zog. I like the way you think. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to leave you now, as this was a a tribute to some motor racing ladies. We thought we'd play out with a national anthem, as we always do. The British national anthem today, V. Yes, uh, well, yeah. because of um, Catherine Legg, of course. Yeah, but there are um, a couple of other uh, lady racers who will, will get a mention uh, here mm-hmm. as well, I think, as well. We've all, already mentioned Davina Galitza, bless her, uh, and Susie Stoddart, who I've raced against in karting for is fun. Is she in the DTM now? She is, yeah. She's yeah. got a drive in the Deutsche Touring Motoren. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and with Cora Schumacher supporting <laughs> in the support series, that's a series worth seeing, in yeah. fact. So um, as a tribute to all the great British lady racers, mm-hmm. um, here is uh, God Save the Queen, or if you like, um, God Save Our Female British Motor Racing Drivers. Enjoy. See ya. God Save Our Catherine Legg. God save our girls. Send them victorious. Happy and glorious. Long may they race and win. God save our British women. God save our And Robbie Kerr. Gareth Jones on Speed was a really macho production.